Welcome to the Huntsback Country Podcast. This is episode number 432. And before we dive into today's guest and today's story, I wanted to let you guys know that it is the final days, maybe even final hours of our once a year sale through Exo Mountain Gear. If you are new to Exo, we make all of our pack systems in the USA and we simply do not add extra margin to our pricing to do normal sales or discounts. And so this truly is the only sale of the year. Um, so again, just want to make sure you're aware of it. It is getting ready to close. I'm not sure exactly when, but if you're hearing this on the date is released, which is Wednesday the 22nd before Thanksgiving, it is ongoing and uh, it is going to close soon. I say that not to be pressury, but legitimately just to let you guys know. So check that out if you're interested. There will be a link in the show description, or you can just go to exomountaingear.com. All right, on today's guest, we have a follow-up to a listener story as part of our Before and After the Hunt series. In episode number 420, Logan joined us before the hunt to tell us about a hunt that he was planning with his sister, and it was going to be her first backpack hunt. Well, today we're joined by Logan and his sister, Brittany, to hear all about that hunt, how it went, what Brittany learned, what she thought of the experience, and a whole lot more. So this was a great episode to get the perspective of a newer backpack hunter, a female hunter, and man... I, again, I know I say this all the time, I really enjoyed this episode, and there is a lot to take away from this, whether you are a newer hunter and can maybe relate to some of Brittany's experiences, or you are a more experienced hunter that is interested in getting new hunters in the field, and by the way, you should be, this will be a helpful episode for you. Plus, to be honest with you, it was just entertaining. It was great to hear Brittany's perspective and her story, and I'm excited to share this with you. And thanks again to Logan and Brittany for doing this with us. As always, guys, if you have any questions for us, any feedback, anything, you can always send an email to podcast at exomountgear.com. And if you are enjoying the show, it would help us tremendously if you can just leave a rating or review in your podcast app or share the show directly with a friend. We don't do any advertising, social media type stuff for this podcast. So the only reason that it can continue and that it can grow is because of your support. So thank you for doing that. Right now though, let's go ahead and dive into this conversation with Logan and Brittany. Logan, welcome back to the podcast, and Brittany, welcome to the podcast. I'm uh, really excited to chat with you guys today. Um, we did the previous episode, you and I, Logan, talking about this hunt that you're going to do uh, with Brittany and kind of bringing her along for that. That was back in episode number 420. Logan, if you could just like quickly recap the what, where, when of the hunt itself in terms of like state, species, season, etc. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, glad to be back. Um, yeah, so as a reminder for everybody, this was a archery mule deer hunt in Nevada. Um, it was early season, so uh, August this last or this year. Um, this was my sister Brittany's first uh, archery hunt and only second hunt ever of her own tag. Um, she had done a Nevada rifle mule deer hunt, you know, back in 2020, I believe. Um, but kind of the premise of it um, was 
she's getting up there with elk points in Nevada and was trying to decide whether or not she might want to hunt archery elk over rifle elk. And so we decided to dip the toe in with, uh, archery mule deer hunting. Um, cause we could get that tag, see if she liked it. And as well as, as she had interest in hunting with a backpack and, you know, going back country and doing it that way. So that was kind of the, the premise of it and what we did and what, and, what we're ready to talk about today we talked in that previous episode about some of the things you guys were doing together to prepare and you know just the practicalities of hiking and finding gear and shooting and all that stuff i'm curious for you Brittany, just leading up to the hunt itself before we dive into the hunt what were some of the things you were like because of working with logan what were some of the things you were like comfortable or confident with and then what were some of the things that you were just still like nervous or apprehensive about as that hunt got closer i think where i was comfortable was mostly gear and having the right gear because i just kind of defaulted to what logan has <laughs> i'm like i know that he spent countless hours and multiple hunts and experiences vetting all of that gear and trying different things. And so when it came down to it, I was like, I'm not going to spend all that time that he did. I'm just going to trust him. I'm going to, you know, he gave me options. Like you could do this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll get that. That's the best. Let's do that. Yeah. And so I, I felt fairly confident going into the hunt with the gear that I had. Um, barring shoes, boots were the only thing that I'm like, I, didn't love, but, um, and also, you know, we spent a lot of time, <sighs> we spent a lot of time training and shooting and, and whatnot. And I think when the summer hit, it got really, really busy in my life. And so we didn't get to spend quite as much time there. And so when it came down to it about going out, there was this apprehension of like, can I make this happen? And, and am I prepared enough, um, you know, to yeah. to do that? So, I mean, I guess that would be some of my apprehension of can I get, actually get this done? Right. Yeah. So. It's just always tough. Like, even if you, like, had shot a ton, it's just obviously always everything's different in a real world situation and on an animal versus a target, right? Like, a lot of that's natural, even if you do feel like you have shot quite a bit leading up to it yeah well and 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 that's kind of what you know my husband and my brothers all said like hey this isn't it's not just like a sure thing i'm like no it's an equation you do x and y and you get z you know it's it's fine um but they're like no like every every situation every stock everything is is different and there's no guarantees you're going for the experience it's like okay fair enough and especially an archery mule deer. I mean, that is not an easy, you know, it's not an easy in, endeavor, even for guys who like, that's their jam, that's their specialty, that's what they love. It's one of those situations where very experienced and successful hunters still blow stocks consistently or, you know, make small mistakes. Because with archery mule deer, like, essentially everything has to go right and be in your favor for that to happen for sure. And so I think... I think I kind of learned that on this hunt a little bit, even though I was told that beforehand, it was a little different to see action and to see, you know, 
And, and, and so because I was told all those things beforehand, I think it made me a little even more apprehensive beforehand of, well, if the experienced guys can't do it, mm-hmm. like what's the inexperienced one, you know? Um, but, you know, but just, but after going and being on the head and experience different situations and stocks there, I was like, oh, okay, I see how one little thing changes the whole course and it's not necessarily right or wrong. It just is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Logan and I, you and I talked about this uh, a little bit in our before the hunt episode, but Brittany, I'd you know, like just kind of love to hear from your words. Like one thing that came out and this even came up in the intro this morning was you specifically wanted to do like a backpack style hunt, a backcountry hunt. And, uh, Again, I would just love to hear from you personally because we haven't heard from you yet on like what was behind that? What was the why? What was the appeal to do? Not just, it's not that I just want to go on a hunt, but I want to do like a backpack style hunt. Well, I I think for me, I've always loved the outdoors. I've always loved camping and hiking and backpacking has always been one of those things that has been on my bucket list to try one day. And it's crazy that I'm in my late thirties and I haven't done it yet. You know, like other people in my family have, I've had friends that have done it. And I've always just loved the thought of the simplistic hike to somewhere really cool that spans over, you know, a few days or whatever. And I don't know, it just seems like hard, but simplistic in nature and in a very busy world, you know, and, and, and just, I like to get away from the hustle and bustle of things. And I don't know why I've never actually done it, but it's something I've always wanted to do is do backpacking. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like I was looking for that at the moment. I had a really kind of rough year. I felt in a slump. I just felt like I was, you know, just in the rat race, I guess, of I'm all I'm doing is care, you know, taking care of family, taking care of my job, taking care of all these other things. And Logan's like, well, how about let's do a backpack archery hunt? You know, and I'm like, I can barely get, you know, the laundry done now. I can barely <laughs> keep a flow of so many things, but Logan recognized that he's like, Brittany, you just need to do something and you need to do something hard to feel alive again. And I was like, yes, yes, I do. (laughs) So I I don't know that it needed to be a backpacking archery hunt, um, but it was a highly convenient way to do something hard um, because I have resources through my brother, somebody who's very passionate about it and also very patient. Um, He's a great coach and just generally he loves to share what he's passionate about. And so I was like, if I do this with any of my brothers, it would be him um, because he's, he's going to, you know, walk me through it and kind of meet me where I'm at. And which I felt where I was at was like nothing, (laughs) you know, there's other times in my life where I have been very 
like on top of like my fitness and activity and just felt like I was in control of my life and captaining the ship. And I was coming out of like a year or so of fog of doing nothing, not caring for myself in any way. So I was at an all time physical low and I'm like, oh, let's go back country hiking. That sounds great. I didn't realize <laughs> what I was getting myself to at that point, by the way. So yeah. All right. So again, I have to ask, this is like, not where I expected this conversation to be going at this point, but I love it. You see your sister and you know she like sounds like going through a tough year, not, you know, the ideal season of life, et cetera. Like she needs a break. Let me see if I can help my sister or let me reach out to her, et cetera. But why, why Logan, did you reach out with something hard? Like, why didn't you say, Hey sis, I love you. Like, I know it's been a tough year. Like, why don't you get away with the girls? Why don't you take some time like for yourself and do your own thing like i'm I'm just curious why why something hard why did you think that that was gonna be beneficial and then uh yeah i don't i don't know if that's a fair question or not but it's it stands out to me Uh, it's two-part mark Uh, yeah (laughs) well first is i mean any any hunter can relate to like you know you hear they're like oh enjoy the suck embrace the suck whatever but like like you're all, you're often on a hunt faced with hardships or whatever, but you always come out the other side, like, Oh, I'm so glad I did that. You know what I mean? Like, like we all, I, I think from the hunting community you can relate to that, but I think it's, that's just kind of more of a fundamental like life lesson of, of when you reach, you know, reach inside yourself and do something hard, like you're better for it. Right. And so I kind of live my life off of that mentality. Um, and so, and I, 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 I'm a strong believer that you can get that in many ways, but, but, a a backcountry, uh, you know, bow hunt is a, a very accessible way to get a lot of hard, right. So, mm-hmm. um, that's one thing. And then the, the other side that's maybe not so altruistic is like, uh, you know, I got, I got a, she had two points and I had zero. So we ended up partying and I got one point out of it. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Yeah. There, There's, you know, Logan gives a lot, but he also takes a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well done, brother. <laughs> no, so, all, uh, all jokes aside, Mark, it, yeah. was, it just, I, I recognize that when you do the hard things that you're better for it. And so, Yeah, I think I wanted to ask that because I mean, this is not like a new theme on on our podcast or in my life to go. The hard things are actually very life giving to me personally. And I've talked about that and we've tried to, you know, discuss that and convey that for for people who are interested in our podcast. But I've always I guess I've been too like narrow in my thinking of saying, well, that's good for me. Like, that's my thing. But I'm probably weird. And then there's these other weird people who listen to our podcast who would also relate to that. And I've been less, I don't want to say less open to, but I guess less, yeah, less open to thinking, no, that's for more people. It's not just the weird people. It's not just a certain type of person. Uh, I should probably encourage that broadly, more broadly to other friends who I, you know, maybe aren't into hunting or maybe not even into the outdoors, but still like, hey, there's value and challenge. Well, let's figure out like how you can get some some good life out of doing something challenging. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to hear. This is also skipping. <laughs> We're not talking about the hunt or the story or anything yet, but now I am curious, Brittany, having 
talked about all those themes. Was it rewarding? Like, I don't mean just from a hunt success perspective, but all that stuff you mentioned about the rough year, the fog, just feeling like you were, you know, taking care of problems and putting out fires, et cetera. Like, what was your mindset, attitude, perspective, et cetera, coming out of these these hunting experiences this fall? Yes, it was rewarding. Um, it felt really good to do something that was just for me. It also felt really good to do something brand new and hard. And I have three daughters. And so I'm constantly thinking about them and their future selves and what I want them to have available to them, how I want them to feel about situations and things and realizing that I don't want them to feel guilty for working or for being a mom or not being a mom or for, you know, taking time for themselves or, you know, there's just like a lot of things that I don't want for them that me and a lot of other women have experienced. And, and so there was the one side of, Hey, but I've got all these things to take care of, but then thinking, but that's not fair to me. And it's not fair to my kids. It's not fair to a lot, you know? So I, that's part of the reason I did it. And it was very rewarding to get out there, do something simple, but hard be able to reflect, to feel proud of myself for what I accomplished, especially, you know, and, and realizing that you don't have to, I don't know, like, I understand what you're saying about like the weird people. Cause I'm like, I'm not one of those weird people who mm-hmm. is out, you know, I'm not a hunter. I'm not like, yeah, I've gone hunting. And yes, I have family members who go hunting, but that's not who I am, or I'm not a backpacker, or I'm not And realizing that as soon as you start doing any element of that activity or whatever, you can immediately consider yourself that I can't, at the beginning, I was like, I'm I'm such a poser. I'm like, not (laughs) you, this isn't who I am. And, and kind of trying to get that stripped away and realizing like, I can be and do whatever I want and I can be multiple things at once. And as soon as I start doing any part of the thing, I am, I can claim it. And, and I don't have to do it the same way that somebody else does. I don't have to go as hard as somebody else says I can do what's, what's good for me. And so, yes, coming out on the other side, I was like, dang, that was awesome. I'm really tired. And (laughs) some elements that like I didn't love, but it was interesting, like coming back, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go out there again. But then like a week you, you recover and also I'm like, oh, they're out there. I want to be out there. You know, I wasn't able to go on all the weekends that my brother was. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it was just an interesting, it gave me this taste. And there's definitely this like itch now of like, I want to get out into the back country again. And yeah, I don't know. It it was re- it was rewarding and and I definitely feel feel more 
like recognize the need of like, oh, Brittany, you can't just self-sacrifice all the time. Like you have to make sure that you're doing things that are interesting to you and that are hard for you to get to be a better person, to be more whole. So yeah. Does that answer? Yeah, that's great. It's really good. I think similar thoughts a lot, like with my kids, because, uh, and I'm, you know, as we're recording this, it's like, I'm just finishing up a pretty chaotic few months of like my own hunts. Right. And some of that is time away from my family, time away from my kids. And it's not something that I take lightly. And, you know, I'm, I'm often thinking like, what, what are my selfish trips? What are my hunting trips communicating to my kids and making sure that it's not, Hey, dad wants to do this and not be home or what have you. But what I do want them to see is dad's doing something he loves and dad's pursuing something he loves. And that's life giving to him because to your point, like I don't want my kids to grow up and not chase what they're passionate about at the expense of only being like quote unquote practical right and of course there's a balance i mean (laughs) you can't just like live in la la land and just do what makes you happy and what's easy and all the time right like i'm far 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 from wanting to ever neglect my family but i also realize that to be a good dad i have to do things that are life-giving to me and i hope that that's what they're seeing right and just like you were communicating for your daughters like you You want to lead by example and show them like you can do something you've never done before. You can do something that's for yourself. You can do something that is life giving to you, you know? So I, I relate with a lot of what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I, and I feel like that's even harder, um, for girls and women generally just to, to feel like they can. And mm-hmm. I've had a lot of years of learning that and relearning that. And, and I, I'm just trying to communicate with my children more like, Hey, look, I, I'm a person and an individual before I'm anything else, before I'm your mom, before I'm a wife, before any, I I'm, I'm Brittany. And Brittany was a little girl, just like you want and had hopes and dreams and things that she enjoyed to do. And I don't want you guys to lose that as you get older. And even if I've lost some of that, I'm, I'm reclaiming it. And, you know, I, I definitely, it was for me and to hope, to hope, um, to help my daughters as well. You know, it it was, it was a couple of for sure, but I don't know. You mentioned at one point, uh, you were talking about, you know, coming out of the trip and then wanting to get back out there, but you mentioned coming out of one of the first trips and then the things you quote unquote, didn't like, I would just love to hear again, very broad, like feel free to pull any examples, but what about the experience, whether that was hunting specific or more just on the backpacking side and like living in the backcountry? did you not like? And then what did you figure out? Oh, I really like this aspect. And maybe it's something like really small, but I guess I'm just curious of backpacking, hunting, this whole pursuit, big picture. What did you really find that you liked and then find that you did not like? I really, really like to take naps (laughs) in the mountains. (laughs) 
<laughs> I did not realize. I mean, like I knew that, but it was so enjoyable. So one, I don't get to take naps very often, but two, to be in the most beautiful areas and just the sounds of nature rather than anything else. And I don't know, it was just very rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> take naps on the mountainside. I like it. Um, I, I, what did I not like? I, there was definitely a certain element of uncertainty that I didn't like of, you know, like messing it up. Like I didn't like the, the feeling of I'm going to mess this up. Um, and so that took a little bit to kind of, and, and just like not knowing what I'm going to do when I find a deer or something. Um, I definitely didn't like the, the pain that I had to deal with, with my stupid feet. Um, I've got some feet that just don't function the way that they've got some areas where it doesn't matter what shoes that I've got, they're going to hurt in these certain areas. So I didn't love that. Um, we, at the beginning, I don't, I don't know why I didn't realize I'd be hiking in the dark a whole bunch. By the end of it, I got acclimated to and I was okay. But the first scout trip that we went on and and the, our first hike in when we went hunting, it was hiking loaded down with a pack in the dark. And I was like, why, why, why do we hike? Why are we hiking in the dark? I've never done this before. <laughs> uh, but apparently with hunting, that is something you do all the time. And you know, we're starting hikes at, you know, getting up after getting up on the mountain after work on a day and driving up there. So we're starting hikes at nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night to get to our spot. And so, I mean, I don't know that I would say that I hated that. I, I got acclimated to that. Um, but, but yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, it was unexpected. I, yeah yeah i wasn't i i didn't realize that um that would be but i i think i think i think probably the biggest thing was i i do like to feel like what i'm doing matters or that if i make a plan that it's going to work and so i think some aspect you know logan was like well it's hunting you make plans and none of them work they all, they all <laughs> i'm like oh yeah yeah so, but i think hunting is a good exercise for me to kind of try to break out of that, have to have everything planned out and go just a certain way. Um, so, yeah. So I think that was probably a, a big struggle for me was, okay, there's a deer. Here's a plan of how we're going to get it. Oh, now he moved. Now what are we going to do? And me not knowing what to do in that moment and, you know, and not feeling confident in in the next mo um movements i guess so i know that that uh that played out like some examples of of stocks and logan one of the things you mentioned to me was like that Brittany was a little bit more hesitant to go on stocks than you expected and you basically realized like you needed to help her you know i don't i don't want to say push like because that sounds like it could be harsh but i guess to elaborate on that point what did what was that experience like? What did you learn about just 
having a new hunter and helping to try and explain things or encourage them to make stocks or that it's okay to make mistakes or like, you know, anything across those lines and feel free to both talk about that from a high level, but also relate that to any specific element of the story, you know, feel free to dive into that as well. No. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was just that in so many ways, and I think a lot of hunters probably relate to this, but in so many ways, I still feel like the beginner, right? Like I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm right here learning with you too and all that. But if you stack up my years of experience versus, you know, Brittany, if this is literally like her second hunt, like there is a big difference in just kind of like the basics and fundamentals that you don't realize that, that you truly have built up over the years. And that experience inherently brings some confidence. I mean, in some ways it, it makes you less confident, right? Cause you're like, well, no matter what I do here, it's going to, I'm going to screw this up, but that that's a different, different level of, uh, of understanding that like, like, I mean, obviously I'm trying to pick a stock opportunity that, that gives me a, a high chance of success or whatever. But at the end of the day, a lot of them are still a crapshoot and that's okay. Like I'm still going to go on the stock. I'm still going to learn from it. I'm going to do my best and hope luck's on my side as well. Right. Whereas with Brittany, it was, she was kind of like had this mentality and I, I didn't realize this going in, but she was like, you know, I mean, she's feeling like, Oh, I got to prove it to my brothers that I'm capable and I can do this and da, da, da. And then like when push came to shove and it's like, all right, here's our opportunity. She's like, Ooh, you mean you're not coming with me? I'm like, well, I mean, so, the, so the, the opening day we, we got down on deer and, and ultimately he was in a spot that, that was not stockable. And then he got up and moved and it, it quickly turned into like, this is a very good opportunity. You got to go, I'll stay on the glass. And she was like, wait a second, what? You're not coming with me. I'm like, I mean, I, I, I could, but if he gets up and moves and, and, and just a disclaimer in Nevada, you can use radios and everything. And so I, you know, I know that there's different thoughts on that or whatever, but you know, I had an earpiece in her ear that I could help, you know, Oh, he moved here or this or, you know, whichever. So, but I was like, as far as our chance of success here, if I'm staying on the glass and watch him and you at the same time, we have a better opportunity for you to get in on this deer type thing than if we both go in there and are blind to it until we get there. Um, and so that I, I didn't expect like that. Like, Oh, I, I gotta go on the stock by myself. Like I just thought like in my mind, that was kind of a given like, Oh yeah, of course. Like <laughs> we started adding people to mix you're decreasing your chances, you know, exponentially on, on that that uh, deer wanting to bust out type thing. So it was just kind of more of a, I didn't realize or I didn't expect like the like, oh, I'm not so sure I want to go on the stock because I don't want to screw it up. Because like my mentality is like, I'll, I'll most likely screw it up, but I'm I'm going to go, you know. And so there was, there was a few other opportunities throughout the hunt that were less, op- like, like less of a good opportunity than that, that particular one on that first day um that you know she's like why don't you just go and like maybe i should have been like <laughs> i mean because obviously there's a little bit of selfishness there too of like okay I, you're twisting my arm i guess i'll go on this stuff <laughs> you know but no I, I think it's just more of a her lack of experience created more um you know apprehension to it than than i would have thought and that i could have probably been a little bit more like generally you know gentle like oh it's okay like it, it's all right like just keep going, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I, I'm more just kind of let her make choices, which was important to me too. Right. Like I wanted to make sure that she wasn't 
Um, didn't feel like I was just like a drill sergeant out there either. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I might've just tried to strike that balance a little bit differently next time, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And disclaimer as well with, there was a difference between the first stock and the second stock, the, the second stock, the deer that we were, that I sent him to stock on was like trophy, amazing, humongous. And so the stakes for me were higher. I'm like, why do I deserve an opportunity at that, that I'm going to most likely mess up when he might have a better shot of getting that deer down. And it wasn't just like a deer, it was the deer. This idea taken off on the stock, Brittany, and you're like, wait, I'm going by myself. Yeah. What was, I don't know how to ask this question, but I guess like I'm anticipating being new to this and you facing the scenario of like, oh, I'm going by myself, became a really rapid like intersection with reality of, I know I'm supposed to get closer and I know I'm supposed to shoot the deer, but I don't know how, <laughs> right? Yeah. Meaning, I'm not sure how to necessarily move, where to move, how long to wait, how quick to go, when to shoot, when not to shoot, what to do. Does that make sense? Like it became this, Like, I know the big picture. Yeah, get closer, shoot the deer. But I don't actually know what I'm doing to get to that point. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, 100%. That's what we realized after the first stock, what I realized very rapidly. And after he busted out and everything was we spent a lot of time shooting from different ranges, you know, focusing on the shooting aspect. But there's that hole in between of getting into range and what exactly what you said didn't realize what I was doing there. So it, it was okay, Brittany, this is the, you know, realize you got to go. And I had to make a choice in that moment. Like, what am I here for Brittany? What am am I here for? This is what I'm supposed to do. So, all right. So I made that decision. Like, all right, I'm going, I dropped my stuff. I dropped down that mountain as quickly as I could went through that drainage. You know, I'm, I'm realizing I'm out here in a place I've never been by myself, essentially, trying to go and then of course you drop down the train looks different than it did in the glass and i'm like hoping i'm going the right spot i'm supposed to be quiet i've got some you know i get to this point he's like all right take your shoes off putting on my socks and gotta climb up over this bank and he's supposed and this deer is supposed to be just on the other side down in, in this other drainage so i'm just going up and over and there's this line of trees on the top of the bank and as and as i'm you know like trying to get to this point i get growled out by something in the bushes that freaked me out (laughs) what it was um and i was like all i could think of is logan just saw me totally freak out and jump you know in the glass somewhere and he's be like what are you doing um but we're thinking it's a badger that's only only we can I was like, I got too close to a bush and, you know, I don't know. Um, So I'm a little unsettled from that little. And so then I'm, um, I've got my bow. I climb up this hill and now I know I'm like, I'm supposed to be so quiet. I'm supposed to move slow. I'm supposed to be so quiet. And so I'm coming up over, but as soon as you get on top of this hill, I'm like, I'm just, exposed there's sparse trees along this hill but most of the trees are behind me because otherwise i can't see into this drainage where this deer is supposed to be and so 
all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, there's the deer. He'd gotten up. He wasn't where I left him, where he was supposed to be, where it was supposed to be really, really easy to have me in range and him to just, I was going to shoot him in his bed. And now he's up and he's feeding and walking around and moving away from me. And all I thought was I am supposed to walk quietly, but I got to get closer. I didn't think how quiet that meant. And I didn't even think about visual. It totally spaced me. Hey, deer have good eyesight too. You know, like Mm -hmm. they can see, they have eyes. And so I'm creeping along because I I ranged at – 85 yards and I was like that that's just a little too far for me like my brother would take that shot but I've got to get closer you know at my poundage and stuff and I don't have a pin for that I just I just need to get closer so rather than me really slowing everything down and taking the time that I should have I just moved slowly yes but not not I was like, I just got to get closer and get into position. And so I'm just tiptoeing and, you know, and at some point he looks over, he's like, oh, what are you doing there? And then <laughs> just like, I, I, I was like, oh yeah, I'm totally exposed and I'm just over here creeping along the wall. Like, it's fine. Don't worry about me. Yeah. And he, he ran a couple and he turned back and he looked again. He's like, yeah yeah i'm out of here and then he was off and there was all sorts of range like it was amazing like i did not think i could ever get that close it was it's crazy that i mean i've looked at deer through binoculars and scopes and you know rifle like i've done all of that a number of times it was just a totally different experience to be that physically close in proximity with my eyes seeing the deer like that so it was really cool. But then, yeah, afterwards, I was like, oh, I could have done that better. Could have done that better for sure. I can't tell you how many times I still say that, Brittany. Oh, I could have done that better. <laughs> or that I still mess it up. So definitely don't feel bad. It is such a, I mean, I just have a big smile just here and that. Like partially because I can relate to just like, especially when you're new, all of the things you have to think through. But just the value in that experience, like you said, being physically that close to a wild animal is something that, people just flat out generally don't get to do like, yeah, they see, like you said, animals at a distance or, you know, in a park or something, but like a truly wild place, wild animal, that type of close encounter is, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. I, and I, I didn't expect, I mean, cause I walked into this and, you know, told Owen like, I I'm open to hunting. I'm open, like, but I'm not going to pretend like I'm in love with it or, you know, like, we'll see what happens. I might do this and never do hunting again, or I might just, I don't know. We'll see. Um, and so I was surprised myself of like, wow, that was really cool. Like that was really cool. And it would have been even cooler if I actually got a shot off at him and even cooler still if it, if I stuck him, you know, like that would have been so, um, but I will say like in those moments, like, and afterwards and me and Logan talking through all the things that happened and at what points, you know, cause that's what hunters do. They got to pick apart every little aspect of it and talk, <laughs> talk about all the, <laughs> that's why we have a yeah. podcast, Brittany. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
Um, but I, I guess what it was kind of it, what it felt like to me in that moment is it's like when you first learn to drive like a stick shift, there's so many things that all have to be done at the same time. And eventually it gets to the point where it's all very natural and fluid. But at the beginning, I'm like, I've got to worry about how many pedals and this other thing over here and then my yeah. mirrors. And and so like talking through like all the things that go onto a stock, I was trying so hard to be like, oh, I got to be quiet. Oh, I got to check the wind. Oh, I got to, you know, I was trying to keep all of these things that need to happen all together, but I just wasn't fluid or experienced with that at all. Yeah. That's a really, really good analogy. Like learning how to drive a stick shift and all the different things. And eventually it all becomes, oh, that's just what I do. Like I, I do it you know, out of feel and that's what's right. And I don't have to think about anything, but otherwise it's like, well, I got to move, you know, my foot from a brake pedal to the clutch and I'm supposed to shift it, you know, a certain RPM range. And should I do that by looking at the RPMs or should I do it by how the engine sounds or by how it feels? I mean, there's just all these different things. And then you get some reps and experience and then it's just like, oh yeah, I don't even think about it anymore. But it starts with thinking about a million different things. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. It was like, oh, I'm just, I'm a baby. I don't know, you know, I'm trying really hard to do all the things I've, you know, studied my little book, but yeah, if you're not, and, and, and that's what Logan said. He's like, oh, I guess I've done this so many times. I don't even think twice about that anymore. I just think, you know, it's a, it's apparent and obvious to him and it wasn't so much to me. And so he was very like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I was so focused on getting you to shoot into the right spot that I forgot about all the other stuff ahead. The the, the piece of this that's funny is, is so when she finally cleared the, I mean, she described it well to where basically she had to cross the drainage, go up over a little prominence and then and get in on the deer on the other side on, on another like kind of micro drainage. And once she cleared that ridge or that prominence, I couldn't see her anymore, but I could see the deer locked on her and so for me i'm watching the glass i'm like oh she's just pinned up against this hill she's laying low like and put yeah you know whatever and, and she's literally like walking across in the open trying to get close to this deer and like <laughs> yeah just something we didn't truly go over where really like the best move would have been her to come back on the other side of the ridge because the deer was up drainage from her that's that's where the yard like where he gained yardage on her and so if she just like got on the backside of the ridge and worked up the ridge and popped back over, she may have been able to get in the range, but it's just like, we didn't truly run that scenario. And that's on me, right? Like I, you know, <laughs> you, you like, know. I like talking through it afterwards, like, yeah, if I would have just immediately backed out, I could have gained, you know, gone up and gained a little bit more ground and then come out and then been in range, perfectly in range and wouldn't have had to, you know, creep along in the open <laughs> the way that I did. But yeah, I forgot that they had eyes in that moment and that he was watching me. <laughs> yeah. As weird as this may sound though, like I can relate because like you, what you just said, Brittany, if I would have just backed out, like that's such an easy thing to realize now. Like we can sit here in armchair quarterback and it makes sense to you now having done this experience and et cetera. But in the moment you're thinking, I need to get closer. And backing out isn't on your mind because that's the opposite of what you're trying to do, even though it's the best way to achieve your goal. Like backing out, moving around, coming in from a different angle would allow you to get closer. 
But in that moment, you have tunnel vision on, I'm supposed to get closer. And that means moving towards the deer. And so often things like backing out or what have you, you don't see those as the solution because you're just fixed on this happening a certain way. I mean, I run into that with all kinds of stuff, right? Like I was just doing something with work and it was like, I either need to do this or that. And in all reality, I could have done plan C, not A or B, but because my thinking was so limited and like tunnel visioned, I actually didn't see a better solution that existed because I was just like too narrow of focused, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's, and that's all I think. I got to get closer. I got to get closer. I got to get closer. You know, I just had to get in that range where I can actually shoot. And it didn't in that moment matter to me how I got there. I just had to get closer. Yeah. The getting and the how was just as important as the distance. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe you haven't like fully processed this or don't fully know yet, but you talked earlier about you were telling Logan before this, like, I don't know if I'm going to like hunting or not. You know, maybe this is one time thing, et cetera, et cetera. But then I heard you talk about this experience and how you liked it. And you mentioned you thought it would have been even better if the arrow flew and even better if you were able to connect on the deer. I guess, are you more or less interested in hunting after this or still wondering what it would be like to, you know, to actually have a successful hunt? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, um, I think I'm definitely going to go again. Um, I do the archery aspect it it's it's too twofold for me because on one side i really like results right i really like to do x y and z to get uh to meet the goal like i really would like to harvest right but you know shooting it almost seems like with a with a rifle almost seems like cheating now so mm-hmm. like not that <laughs> But, you know, like I could, I can definitely get, you know, I'm a fairly good shot from fairly long distance. Like I could get on a deer and get all set up. And it was interesting because before I went on the stock for that one deer, we were on that hillside. We're seeing and we have this very clear view where, I don't know, Logan, like 450 yards or something away. And I'm like, oh, if I had a gun right now, he wouldn't even know. It would, it would, I, I would have, I, I would have harvested without question. And, but I wouldn't have gotten the experience of getting that close of, so I, I did, it was a very rewarding experience and I do want to go again, but there's still that part of me like dear, I was like, all right, dear, dear, but to miss on my elk. I really want my elk. And by doing archery, am I going to limit my ability to actually harvest? Because I really, I think those are some of the most beautiful animals. Um, and we use that meat and I'm like, I really want to get an elk. How do I want to do it? Like, I don't know. I'm un, I'm unsure there whether or not I feel like I need a few more years of archery gear or, I mean, my brothers and husband told me that archery elk is, can be a little bit 
easier than deer sometimes just because they're not quite as skittish and it's closer to the rut for them. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I there's hunts to me. Well, most of the hunts to me are more or less rewarding, not based on like the outcome, but how that happened, right? How you got to that outcome. And so there is a certain appeal with archery because it does require a closer encounter and et cetera. And then there's been rifle hunts for me that have been as difficult as challenging and as rewarding, even though it necessarily didn't happen at 40 yards type thing. Um, yeah, I very much understand like some of that processing that you're going through with that. And I don't know if it would be like part of me is uh, part of me is like, well, I've, I've gotten a deer already. So that's why it was like, okay, to do the archery deer hunt for me. And like, if like, I already, I've already harvested a deer and I don't know if that's what my, and I know that it's a lot more rare to get an elk tag. And so Herman's like, well, I just want to get the elk. And then it's like, whatever happens after that, then I could hunt anyway. And I don't necessarily like, it's like, I want to check the box of, I got these animals. Um, and then all the hunting can be experience based after that. Mm-hmm. But, but that kind of, but I don't want to miss the point. You know, I, I do want the experience too. Just to put it in perspective to the, like, as a, as a resident in Nevada, you know, an elk tag might take anywhere from eight to 15 points to draw. And then you're locked out seven years that you can't even put in for the draw after you've drawn. So there's a little bit more pressure on, on your opportunity to hunt elk in the future in Nevada. And so you want to do it the way you want to do it. That's added to the pressure of this decision versus like, Oh, we, you know, we went OTC in Colorado or something like that. Right. So, yep. And so I've had, I've had years of listening to my husband and my brothers and my dad and my in-law like of, Oh, the elk tag. And Oh, you're going to, Oh, this is going to be a big one. Oh, and that's, this is a once in a lifetime tag. There's so many once in a lifetime tags out there right now. So, <laughs> that's like, what my wife keeps telling me. She's like, I thought you said it was once in a lifetime. <laughs> so, you know, like, before it was a twinkle in my eye, I've just, I've been surrounded by this talk. And so for it to actually be a reality for me, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of pressure around the elk. And like, I want the elk, like I actually want it. And I have for a few years, I don't want to mess it up. Um, And so just trying to peel some of that away and just get back to the base of like, just enjoy it go for the experience. It'll be worth it, whichever way it turns out. Um, And yeah, there is some, I am a little disappointed in myself for not going on some of those other stocks because fact is Logan messed it up too. So we still still don't have, (laughs) don't have the big buck. Like the big buck that I found glassing I gave up to him. He was like, no, you found it. It's yours. You're your call. And I'm like, that that just doesn't even seem fair. And, but now in like hindsight, I'm like, why didn't I go for it? Why didn't I try? I, I, I could have potentially, you know, I learned something from the first stock. I, you know, could have performed better on the second stock. Hopefully I'm not going to get better at stocking unless I go. But in that moment, I got a little frozen and, 
I just thought we need to bring this buck home. And so I need to give, give the best, the best chance. And Logan's going to have a better chance than I will. But I, I hope that going in the future, I don't do that to myself because there is that level of regret there. I can relate to to like why you passed on that stock and gave the opportunity to Logan for sure. I've done similar things myself. Like I can think of a, a very particular elk hunt where I screwed up an opportunity and then I was with some guys and they wanted me to take the second opportunity. I was like, nope, I like I had my chance, you know, you guys go and I pushed hard for that. So I relate to what you said. But what stood out to me is like you said, you know, something about going for it. And just made me think like that's what you're doing with this whole trip is like you're doing something new and you're going for it and you know that you're going to learn and make mistakes and you're trying something different. Right. So it's like that stock was the very reason that you're doing this entire thing. Right. Was to do something new and push yourself and grow and go for it. Yeah, exactly. And, I was, and so that's kind of why I, I think that's the level of regret that I have with it is because. It was the entire point of why I was there. And in that moment, I was like, oh, but I, I like to be in the outdoors. Oh, and I like, you know, like I kind of justified, oh, I'm still, I'm still doing what I'm here for. But like, ultimately, I didn't do everything that I was there for. And, and, and on the flip side of that, Logan's had bunches of opportunities to go on stocks and to do these things. And it was my hunt just as much as his. And be honest, Logan probably wouldn't have been on that hunt if he hadn't used help my points, helped him out, you know? So like I, I should have claimed my hunt a little bit more than I did. And so when I went out the second time I intended to and, and the third time, but those other times just didn't present, I, I got, they didn't, they didn't present the same way. And I got really, really, um, they didn't present the same opportunities, I guess, for stocks. And I got really, really bad allergies that knocked me out. And I just felt awful. I felt sick and couldn't breathe and just, and so that kind of destroyed a little bit of my gumption to get after it when I just felt like crap. All right. I got to hear it, Logan. What went wrong on the stock of this beautiful buck that she gave you? <laughs> it almost played out perfect, Mark. The um, we put him to bed, and we figured it was a first bed, and that he'd move again. But it was the the Sunday before we have to leave, so it was kind of an hour never opportunity on him type thing because we didn't have all day to to wait, I guess. But we I went in on him and stocked him above him. I had this nice quakey line to between me and him to you know, to stock in on. And I I knew he'd actually had moved beds. Um, my brother told me where he's at. So I knew the exact like mahogany clump of three or four trees. I couldn't see him, but I knew where he was. And so I get to the edge of the quaking line and I, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm here. I'm not going to push it anymore. I'm going to wait him out. I just needed to clear around the tip of the quakies um just so that i could have an open shooting lane when he shot and as i did that i didn't realize there was a little bit of of drop to where i had to clear to and i, I kind of slipped into <laughs> this hole that i was trying to get in front of the tree 
and that stood him up. And, um, you know, I, I had pre-arranged, right? I, I had pre-dialed for it and everything, and, but that stood him up and he was quartering to me. And in that moment, I'm sure that any hunter can relate. I probably could have waited for him for a different angle, but my mind was like, it's now or never. He's bolted. He's going to go. Like, I have to get the shot off here. We, you know, everything that everyone talks about. So I took a quarter and two shot. And I think it was a mixture of him jumping slightly, me, me pulling slightly and forcing. The, and then just that, as you know, that shot angle, you know, severely uh, decreasing the amount of vitals that are showing that I just kind of skimmed over the high and back on him. And I mean, I did, I, my arrow did hit him. I had blood, very little bit of blood on the arrow and a, a tiny bit of blood on the ground, but he took off up the hill. I actually got a second shot off a long bomb, but cause I had heard my arrow hit. So I thought I didn't have the, like the, that cavity, like thwack to it. I, I'd heard the impact of it. So, I took another really long shot at him that went under him and then he, he took off. But yeah, it was just, I forced a bad shot. Like one of those ones you want back here you know I me. Mean? Mm-hmm. So, and he, Mark, he was a, he's a, a big, big deer, probably second biggest I've seen on, on the hoof. Like I, I don't want to be like the guy throwing around numbers or whatever, but high one nineties, low two hundreds, big, big butt. So, wow. When I, when I found him, <laughs> my brothers were like oh my gosh oh my gosh and i'm like i don't know what i'm looking at i'm like i know he looks nice right they're like oh my gosh that's like the biggest deer i've ever seen in the wild you know like that's just (laughs) like oh okay well the pressure's mounting they're like you're gonna go after him like um no not after you guys are talking like this yeah well that that mean to give you credit what we talked about you know not going for it all that talk like yeah, I could see how that's in your head. And you're like, no, I am not the one. I do not know what I'm doing. I'm going to screw this up. Like when you're hearing that, like biggest deer I've ever seen, like as a beginner, how do you want, you know, like to take that chance when someone else right next to you, your brother who has more experience, like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, well, I'm not going to, yes, you twisted my arm. I'm going to go. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. And then. <laughs> And then like after he left, I'm like, oh dear. Oh, I, oh, I let myself down. Like I should have, I sh- I don't know. So it was yeah. a lot of second guessing myself and I didn't necessarily love that. And then on top of that, my, my other brother, Bryce and I, we were on that mount side being super vigilant. And then in a moment, you know, we watched Logan go up, we watched him creep down to this slow going thing. And I was like, Oh, this is how you stalk. Like watching it in person. Um, I was like, oh, I see what he's doing now. I see his movements. I see how slowly he's doing things. And so that was a good lesson for me. Um, just to watch it. But then we were we were good. We thought he was in position and he was just gonna be waiting it out. And then all of a sudden we've been watching, but then we we stopped for a second to get something out of our bag. And then Logan's coming on the radio like, oh, I busted him. And we're like, what? We missed it all. We've been sitting here waiting and we got on the glass and we were trying desperately to figure out where he went. And we never caught sight of him. We never saw any of the action happen. Um, so that was a little, we were a little crestfallen because of that. Because um, not only did all of that action happen and it didn't provide, you know, didn't con- it didn't provide a harvest. It, we just missed the whole 
exchanged too. So that was hard to not know where he went to try to get on on him again. So and just for for the the listener, the audience, I I mean several hours trying to find that deer, picked up his tracks, no more blood, and then um but two weeks later found him just fine. Um and didn't unfortunately didn't have an opportunity to stalk him. I moved in on him two weeks later, um, hoping he'd come out of it, you know, out of an area he'd gone to bed. As you know, basically that closed the distance a little bit, but never had a true opportunity at him later. But he is or he was alive and fine. Um <laughs> luckily, I'm glad he didn't go die somewhere. So man, well, thank you for sharing all this, Brittany. I know I'm sure it had to be uh intimidating to go on a hunt and put yourself out there and do all that like the experience itself but then to uh, follow that up and be willing to come on a podcast and talk about it and all that stuff like that alone is a whole nother step so thank you for being willing to do it because it's been uh really helpful for me honestly and enjoy it, it enjoyable to hear about your experience but also helpful for me just to have a reminder on perspective you know as i try and help other people get into hunting and they're just some practical stuff as I take newer hunters. And, uh, yeah, I just personally pulled a lot from this and I know that, uh, the folks listening will as well. So again, thank you for being willing to share it with us. Absolutely. It's, it's been, it's been a really good experience and, um, I don't know. And that, and that, and just thinking about people who, being scared to try something new just because you don't have any experience in it. I think it's really easy for people to take just another step farther, another step farther in something they're already familiar in. Um, and I mean, I essentially, I did some of that. I've got some experience camping and some very limited experience hunting, but, um, and hiking and stuff, but this was a whole new level. I didn't know what off trail mean, meant. I really didn't. That was a whole new level of camping and hiking. And that was hard. But I I think I think people will generally surprise themselves. I think your brain will tell you you can't do as much as you actually can. And that's kind of what this process taught me is no, I can do hard things. And we choose to do hard things so that when hard things we don't choose come, we can deal with them. You know, that's my other brother. When we were out there, he's like, no, that's why. Yeah. Some of this sucks, but Bryce is like, no, this is why we do it. So that when, when hard things we don't want to come, come, we actually have the fortitude and the the strength to deal with it. And I was like, yes, I like that. Let's because we're all going to deal with hard at some point or another. So. Well, I couldn't say it any better than that. Brittany, again, thank you for sharing the story with us. Um, It was awesome. Appreciate your perspective. As always, guys, uh, if you have anything for us, don't forget you can send an email to podcast at xmountgear.com. And again, kind of the last call on our once of the year sale through X Mount Gear going on now. Not sure for how much longer, but check out xmountgear.com if you are listening to this episode as it is released and if you are interested. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe or follow in your podcast app so that you receive future episodes automatically, and we'll talk to you soon.